Joe Orth and I are starting a podcast. What should we call it? Hey, don't pick on me. You know why? Because this is why. Well, let's see what he says. The Joe Show. <laughs> Give Joe the business. That's right. Cup of Joe. Cup of Joe. What is happening here? Would you listen? We'll give you a chance. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> That's Joe. That's Rooster. And this is the Together We Shall podcast, episode 38. What is up, bro? Man, uh, a lot. I feel like we talked yesterday, like, it's technically not even, like, summer, according to, like, the, what is it, the solstice? But, like, once kids are out of school and, like, you know, all that, like, people are traveling, like, summer's hectic. Now, I know you got to like 17 state trip planned but it's it's just crazy it's like man like there was nothing for us for a while and then it's just like like summer which is always tough because gotta play marine for two of those weeks so it's like you just finished playing marine for a couple weeks how was quantico oh man the crossroads of the marine corps nothing uh Nothing better than uh, beautiful entrances to the base and then, you know, black mold in your barracks room. Oh, my God. I love that. That's perfect. (laughs) They're like, the general's never going to go into this room. "Mm." (laughs) Plus, you know, Canada was burning and that was seeping in. It was so that was fun. Smoke everywhere while you're on the range. You think the range on fire? Could you even see the targets from 500? Um, It was tough. I mean, I couldn't really. I could see with my own eyes or like zooming in on my phone. Um, I didn't, you know, have to shoot. But even the Marines with their optic were like, yeah, it, it's it's tough. I don't know if it's true or not. I didn't take the time to research it. But someone said while we were on the range that the air quality quality index at one point when we were out there was 291, which was like the highest in the world at that time. So like worse than China. You didn't notice unless you like tried to like move briskly like mm-hmm. i i had to trot to the to the bathroom and i was like mm-hmm. mm, uh okay yeah i can't breathe <laughs> it's like uh, yeah it's crazy while you were dealing with that i was dealing with uh, elevation and altitude because i went out to boulder colorado for uh, for an asic shoot they got a new shoe coming out july 1st we had to go model it anyway though the that is different too, bro. Like you start walking up altitude and suddenly I'm like, my, I feel like my arthritis is cramping up. I feel my lungs. I can't turn the guy next to me. I'm like, bro, mm-hmm. you having the same issue? Thank God he was my age. So he too was dealing with it. But anyway, yeah, it was, it's beautiful though. It's so worth the reward when you get up there and then you look down, you're like, ah, oh, this is beautiful. It was yeah, cool. Like I, I don't necessarily have a bucket list. Um, but Colorado is definitely specifically, I want to go to Aspen for the food and wine classic. You never see like a movie or something where you're like, uh, Colorado, like yeah. you only see like beauty of Colorado. Yeah. It's wild. My first time to ever go to Colorado was actually while I was on my way to boot camp, literally like 29 years ago, like next month, it stopped at the Denver airport. And then for, we, we got to sleep there for a minute and then we bed on down where they said sleep. We didn't really sleep. And then we went to San Diego, but anyway, that was the first time I ever went. I was like, man, I want to come back here. And I had a chance to go back a couple of years ago. It was life changing to connection with nature, reflection within, and then to be back out there again. And I, I wish it for you. In fact, I would love to go with you one day. Maybe we'll go see the Kents out in uh, Colorado Springs. <laughs> we, we, I think we, I think we owe them a trip. I but do. Anyway. I do want to do that. The race, the, 
run the gorge, race the gorge. Yeah. The one where they took that, there's that video of Adrian like shooting out like a rocket, and then it's mm-hmm. just like, yeah. look, dude, don't, no sharp turns, you'll fall. Like, yeah, for for everybody who's wondering what we're talking about, watch Spotlight Saturday, episode 224. The intro shows Adrian running in this thing. Anyway, it's beautiful out there. But then after that, I had a chance to go in, uh, straight to get Briley in Madison, Wisconsin. She graduated college, had to move her out of her apartment, bring her home. We got it back home just in time for Camden's graduation from high school and his chapters that are opening up. Um, today was a really special day. I don't want to talk about some of that. So I think without further ado, Maybe we should bring our guest on. What do you think, Joe? Do it. Yeah. Camden, welcome to the Together We Shall podcast, man. Thank you. So, what do you think? It's been uh, long awaited. Oh, really? I had I had no idea that you've been waiting. And now he's saying it says he's surprised. But I, th- so but I think it was I think this is a good time for me to come on here. Man, I couldn't agree with you more. So with that said, where are you physically located and why do you think you are a guest on the Together We Shall podcast? Um, I'm physically located upstairs, probably like, I don't know how far from you. (laughs) 20 feet. Yeah, roughly. But where is that Uh, house? In Virginia Beach, Virginia. (laughs) And why do you think you're on the show? Because I'm your son. I think uh, that's why. All right. Just, this I, is the shortest podcast on record. That was great. <laughs> no, I, I think you're right, man. I think that if if uh, if you weren't my son, the likelihood of you being the, the guest on 38 is probably lower. So that is definitely a contributing factor. However, we think there's an opportunity here for you to really provide a perspective that we haven't had on this show yet. And that is the perspective of a young person who not only grew up with a sister with special needs and all of that entailed, but also a young person who finished high school and is now, you know, put his right hand in the air to go forth and serve the country. I think there's a perspective here that is often not captured. And I would also add Joe, how cool would it be and or how uncool would it be for you or I to go back to the day we graduated high school or that week and to listen to our perspectives, to go back 20 years ago and listen to that, where we were in life at that moment? I mean, it, it's crazy. Like you say um, 20 years ago and it, I mean, it might have been the same day for my graduation. I, I don't know. 2003 i'd have to ask uh you know my mom um (laughs) at least that's the day that the um the ceremony was i uh Mm -hmm. unfortunately when i opened my diploma thing it was it was blank um what (laughs) yeah i i I walked at graduation but i technically wasn't graduated yet they uh no if you weren't if you didn't like if you weren't graduating that day your diploma was blank and then um when you like shook everyone's hands, they gave you a uh, colored dice die and like X color meant you still owe tuition or this color meant this or like mine, whatever color it was, was like still has like academic due outs or whatever <laughs> it was. They're like, hey, mm-hmm. you you have to take this test or like whatever it was. And I'm getting my diploma like a week later. Um, but I walked. So that yeah, was you walked. Yeah. Well, we had the opportunity to see Camden walk just earlier this week, and and Camden, I guess we'll open up with like, how's it feel, man, to graduate high school? Oh, yeah, I mean, it feels great. 
because of all of the everything I've put in over the past few years, but it's also it's very bittersweet just because this is whenever I start to spread from my friends. And like yesterday I had my uh, said my first goodbye to my friend until after boot camp or whenever I see him next. So it's very bittersweet. Obviously, I'm so happy I made it through and I graduated. But at the same time, I don't know if I'm fully ready to leave everybody and move on to the next chapter in my life. Oh, uh, that friend, what Branch did, he or she going no. to? So, so I won't see him till after oh, my boot camp. Back. But he's going into the Navy, but he's doing, um, he's going through college first. Gotcha, gotcha. You decided to put your hand in the air and go to the United States Coast Guard, man. That's pretty special. What, what motivated yeah. you to do that? And what are you excited about? Um, so I've always wanted, I always knew I was going to join the military. Um, just because of, not because of you, but it was such like an, you're such an influential person in my life and you were in the military. And so I always knew that's what I wanted to do forever. Um, and I always thought Marine Corps, Marine Corps, Marine Corps, but then not until probably the beginning of this school year, maybe a little bit later than that, but, uh, I started to like really look into it and actually like see the options and Coast Guard, which I'd never thought of just because it's not highly talked about. Um, I found a lot of passion in, like more passion than any of the other branches, uh, just due to like, I've always loved being on boats. Uh, you can do search and rescue in the Coast Guard and helping people is a big thing I knew I wanted to do. So everything came together and Coast Guard was, had the golden seal on it. It was everything I wanted all in the same place. So that's what made me pick Coast Guard. Man, I, I don't think I've ever said it, so I'm just going to ask you to say it, Richard. I need you to go ahead and, and say what time it is. Oh, goodness. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that part of the show. We call it Miller time. And this one's really special for me because I literally was at the Miller Lite Brewery a week ago. So, so yeah. So... I don't have a Miller Lite, but I do have a Modelo, which, in case neither of you knew, is now the number one selling beer in America. Knocked off Bud Light. That's a whole nother story. But I wanted to toast Camden as one of the newest members of the armed services. So cheers, Camden. And I also know you don't have a beverage, but I'm sure that if you open the door and call down to your mom, she would love to bring Boo Boo Bear a beverage because she's only going to get to do that so many more times she probably would love to do that you want to holler down at her while i go ahead and get my beer going and see how long it takes her yeah tell her what you want and beers are authorized because it's the interwebs like wisconsin joe and i had uh, camden and i had our oh, first yeah. beer together yeah I, had, I brought a spotted cow back with me from wisconsin that's what i'm drinking for today's miller time just uh, one uh i brought a couple back and uh-huh. um this, this is the one I'll have today. But Camden and I got to belly up to a bar in Wisconsin because if you're with your your guardian or your parent, like you could 18. be 16. And uh, so we got to do that more than once, and it's cool. So I figured it'd be great. Spotted Cow, Camden, surprised that that's what I went with? No, not, not really. What about, are you surprised at my Modelo? No. Um, but I was expecting, I will say that originally I was expecting Miller Lite. Oh, there's mine. Boo-boo bear, what do you have? Just some water. 
He's hydrating, Joe. You know why? Because the recruiter told him today. What did the recruiter tell you, buddy? He's like, hey, young man, now that you've made this decision that like less than half a percent of American youth make, uh, you need to be focusing on. On just my physical wellness. Nothing else. Yeah. yeah. Well, I end to study a little bit. N- know oh. some things. You have to study. Is there like a study guide they gave you that might be like at your fingertips? Yeah, right here. The helmsman. Uh, the helmsman. Oh, look at that. Tells me everything I'll need. So so uh, we're going to do some road tripping over the next 30 days, Joe, doing some helmsman reading. It's kind of like our green Bible in the Marine Corps, you know, the green book of knowledge. Joe's I, looking around. I saw mine the other day. I, I'm yeah. pretty confident it was in the attic and I left it there. Yeah. Um, but I do. That's cool. They give it to you up front. Like that's something that like. I'm sure there's been a lot of changes at MEPS over the last 20 to 30 years between the, the two of us. But, like, that's definitely something that is good. I mean, the, the armed services want you to join, right? We want you. And now in 2023, really probably the last, call it since post 9-11, right, folks can do their own research, right? There's the Internet and all these things that you have available to you. But then being able to then say, hey, you did your research. Here's a little bit of the potentially the gold truth. You know what I mean? Or things you need to know. Um, so bravo, Coast Guard. I like that. Yeah. I don't know if the Marine yeah. Corps does it. I don't know what they do. <clears throat> um, Camden, did you entertain the Marine Corps for a minute, right? Wasn't there a recruiter? He was like... <laughs> I wouldn't say I entertained it, but um, he he showed up at the house at one point, so I must have done something. Yeah, he came looking for you. Then one day, a man in blue. Yeah, just going down his list. He had R's. <laughs> Is that what it was? <laughs> That's funny. So what about the next year, like, excites you about the Coast Guard? Um. So obviously I know I'm going to, Um. well, start with this. I'm going to go to boot camp July 17th. After boot camp, I'll have a little four weeks, four weeks or so where I don't know what I'll be doing. But after that... um. I'll go to BMA school, which is Bosun May A school, to start my rate. So I'll be that's Bosun May is the person who uh, drives the boats. And so after A school, I don't know what I'll be doing. I don't know where I'll be. So I'm really looking forward to see what actually ends up occurring um, post A school. Yeah, that's really cool, man. But then you said you have a four-week gap from boot camp graduation till uh, A school? A school, yeah. Where's that at? Yorktown. Uh, yeah, right up the road. So let's let's go backwards a little bit, Camden. Now, looking back, you know, you've gotten to this point in your life. What would you say are, I don't know, some of your best memories from high school? I mean, you had a very unique four-year high school experience, something different than any one of us with all things, you know, pandemic and the likes. So what are your memories from high school? Um. Well, while I have a ton of memories, all of my best and favorite memories all come from, like, my friend group that I've built since roughly middle school. It's grown and new people join and leave, but definitely all of the memories with my friend group that I've carried throughout the past four years, my favorite memories. When you say friend group, I mean, like, are we talking about like two dudes or we're talking about like a whole squad? So there's a group of us, it's roughly maybe six or seven. So yeah, you could go with squad. Um, We all went to the same middle school and now we all go to the same high school. Yeah. 
Oh, that's awesome. And of course, right down the road is your best friend from when you were two years old. He was yeah. four-ish. You were two-ish. Isaac, it's cool to see y'all grow up together. How, what does it mean to you now looking back, you know, to have somebody that was literally right across the street for your whole days? I, I don't think that it's something that everyone can say they had. A lot of people have stayed in the same house their whole life, but had people move to and from in a way and whatever. But having such a long connection that stayed so solid for so long is is something that I don't think I know anyone else who has. It's very unique and it's very uh it's very beneficial to have so much trust in whatnot in someone. Yeah, I remember the two of you uh, running around raising all kind of cane, uh, like you would expect youngsters to do from, you know, BB guns and uh, airsoft guns and, you know, goodness, climbing on street signs to uh, to really being there for one another during, you know, some of the, the more challenging or emotional parts of life. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you to just give us perhaps some insight. Um, you know, you grew up with Ainsley in your life. I mean, this is your sister. And and we have a lot of people who listen to this podcast that is connected to the special needs world and a lot of parents who have children who are siblings of people with special needs. So I would ask you, um, what, what would you like to share about that experience? Well, growing up with a sibling with special needs is definitely not very common. I don't know many people who who can relate to me. Obviously, from Ainsley's Angels, I've met a lot of people who can. But just from out and about, there's not many people I know, none of my friends or anything. Definitely different. And I wouldn't use the word hard because it isn't hard, but it's something that you don't get used to until you're a certain age. It's not something that you just adjust to. It doesn't really ever, I don't want to say it doesn't become normal, but it's something that your perspective on is constantly changing, um, for me at least. Just because as you grow, like whenever you're little, like for example, with, with me, people didn't really understand her. She just sat there. So people were confused, but they were young. So they didn't have any words to say about it. And then as I got older, people just understood that she looked different and they would point and whatever. And then as it kept going and kept going, it became maybe like a joke or two that wasn't very nice. And then as I grew even older, even after she passed, it became, there was a lot of respect from coming from my peers. So it's something that was always changing. Even today, it's still changing on everyone's perspective on it. But as I've grown and people around me have grown, it's turned into a respect thing, which is good. Um, but there's definitely, a, there was a part in time where kids were kids and they made jokes and they pointed and laughed and it was hard, but. I don't know if if we've ever talked about it, Camden. I know, uh, you know, your parents and Briley have, but you know, when Ainsley passed, like that's you know, they the idea of losing a friend, losing a sibling, losing a parent, losing a child is is hard, right? And especially at a certain age. But so I mean, you were what? Ten. Well, ten. Yeah. So I mean. I can imagine that at 10 years old, like death, loss of life is still confusing, Very. you know? So what was that like at that time? It was an emotional roller coaster. I obviously knew that it was coming at some point. So I was slightly ready for it. Not as ready as I could ever be, but I was slightly ready for it. Um, 
I think I emotionally was the most accepting of it in our family just because I was still young and I like for example I was ready to go to the school the next day I was ready to hang out with my friends I didn't want to be treated differently because I just lost someone I was I was very emotionally accepting of it I, I think I was so young that the way that I like took it all in kind of like has changed almost like I feel like my parents the way they took it in at first is still the same but mine has changed just because as I grew so I think that that was that's definitely weird with grief at some point because as you your thoughts on the situation are changing as you grief it's just yeah yeah I, I mean for sure and that was like part two of that question is then being 10 years old and attending a grief camp or maybe 11 at that time like what was that like um that i i i did it i did enjoy that because i was young it was a lot of fun whatever but i i still even now i think about this and i feel like i didn't find the connection that i necessarily was looking for there it definitely helped me so much but it was more just me helping myself. There wasn't like people that I could relate to other than my family because everyone everyone goes through completely different things. So I think it could only help so much. I can't imagine going through that at, at 10 years old for sure. Just confusion is all I could probably imagine. Since that time, have you found yourself in a position to show up for friends when they're finding themselves in dark places or going through the grief process? Yeah. So I think like up until where I am now, I've fully like accepted everything that's happened and you're forever grieving. But I think that I'm like, I'm very at peace with it. Um, so people I talk to, I understand where they're at and, and all it takes is time. And so it's it's kind of hard to like let them know, but I can like give connections to let them relate. But everything else is so just because like I said earlier, everyone's experience is different and you can only help others so much. Yeah, well, yeah, great perspective. And realizing that is wisdom beyond your years, man, because I have peers that still to this day feel like, well, I experienced something so I can relate to you and, and we can be on the same sheet of music. But the fact that you get that you can only take somebody to a certain point and then they got to figure the rest out, like that's uh, that's big. That's really awesome to hear you recognize that. Um, it, it makes me want to ask this question because – I think this is valuable for one of the reasons I wanted you to come on. Like, what do you think people like Joe in their thirties or people like me in my forties or our grandparents that are, you know, sixties and seventies, the older generations, what do you think they don't understand about your generation? And to put into context, you were born in 2005. So like way past nine 11, iPhones were everywhere. The internet has always been a thing. Like, what do you, what do you want to offer? Yeah. So we, I just went to brunch with my grandparents and sister and we slightly talked about this. Um, and they, it, it's a really hard topic because while like 
there is so many relations like between us and them because they were our age at one point and they're older and so they know more but then on the whole like side of politics and technology things aren't the same at all and i feel like with the side of politics and technology not being the same and those also being like the most popular and growing things right now that there's such a big part of us that they don't understand like we sure we love the same and we do we do everything the same but the two i'd say key points right now that they don't understand are so big that it 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 almost it's like a it's a gap it's a huge gap the technology one definitely makes sense to me right like grandparents grew up with you know four television channels and maybe a block of ice in their freezer to keep everything cold and and you know no mobile devices and now you got chat gpt and ai and you know ar and vr headphones or uh, headsets and and things of that nature so that like gap definitely makes sense to me but can you elaborate on the political gap yes yeah, so obviously i was younger and whatnot but i feel like um even before the past two uh elections things were were so different i feel like america has never been this split because of politics i feel like if you're not this or that then what are you you have to be something and i feel like it hasn't always been that way um i feel like more people are into politics now because it's almost like you have to be the older generation it's hard for them to wrap their head around some of the things that the younger generation believes in and their morals even and all of that they just because they grew up in such a different time yeah do you do you think think that yeah go ahead no, go ahead. No, I, I just like was wild by that answer because it was so objectively phrased. Like he didn't put any emotion in it. He, you have no idea where he stands on issues, but so very well articulated. I just wanted to highlight that. That was that was well done, sir. Yeah, and definitely, you know, I concur. Um, like you said, the last few elections, right? You'd probably say since oh eight Obama, there's been a, a divide within the country. Do you think that the country is is ever going to come closer together than they were, you know, 20, 30 years ago? Or do you think it's going to keep a nation divided? Well, politics, that is, dividing our nation. That's hard to say. I've, I feel like it could happen if people accepted each other and people understood. But I feel like people won't do that. So it won't until something significant happens of any sorts, I feel like it it can't go back together. But we have the ability to go back together. We just don't have the motivation to. Yeah. Do you think, though, like politics aside, right, left, right, middle, up, down, sideways or whatever, do you think it's politics or just like society and people being just weird lately? I, I don't know what word it would yeah. be, right? Like, yeah, I think – that's fair. Yeah, I think that politics is the mask that covers their morals. And so they they see where their morals would fit better into and then they 
go based off politics because of their thoughts and beliefs and whatnot. And that's all just poured into politics. So I think it can Shoot. be called politics because it's where they've put it. But at the end of the day, if you were to take everything that they're pouring into it out, it wouldn't be politics. It's more just who they are and what's going on and that. Wow. I've never heard anybody use the use the phrase mask. Um, that's a very great analogy. Um, makes perfect sense to me in terms of the way you articulated that. So with that said, that like what do you wish for the future? You know, here we are in 2023. You swore today to to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States of America. What do you wish for the future? Um, for myself or for for all? Both. For myself, I only only wish the best. Obviously, uh, I hope I can get to a point where I am uh, comfortable and able to provide and uh, with a happy family. Um. And for everyone else in the world and whatnot, I hope that even though, like, I feel like the past few years with the pandemic and everything else that's happened, uh, everything's still tricky and people are still coming back to who they were and getting back on their feet in some cases and everything. But I hope that everybody finds finds peace again, because I, I feel that there isn't there's not enough peace right now and people are just in such a not the best head places in their head right now because of all this past few years that um uh, yeah everyone i want everyone to be able to go back to who they were and who they want to be how, how much of that do you think is tied to social media? But I'm just curious to to your perspective. I, I don't know about the more like older groups of people, but for the youth, I'd say social media is the number one thing that causes change in personality and mental health issues and all of the not so positive things all come from social media because you're yourself until you get on the internet and then you want to be someone else no matter wow. what it, it, it happens to everybody because it's where you find perfection uh and so then you chase it but it's not realistic so so for the younger groups uh my my agency social media is like the number one thing that has brought us to where we were but for the older groups i can't necessarily speak so what are you and what are you going to do with your kids? Like, are, are your kids going to have access to the internet at, at young ages? How are you going to supervise that? Like, I, me and mom gave you and Briley a lot of freedom, and and Briley told us at one point we gave y'all too much freedom, which is an interesting <laughs> twist on things. But like, how, what's your plan here at age almost eighteen? Yeah, so I don't. It's hard to say right now because I don't know where technology will be at that point because it could be. Oh, do you want to get your kid the the brain chip? Like, I don't know what's going to be happening then. And no, I don't think I would want to get my kid the brain chip. But maybe maybe like an iPad for a little kid to watch their movies and whatever. But it would be restricted. Um, but honestly, I have I have no clue. I think I'm a little young to to say that. 
That was a really fair and smart answer. I was trying to get you to go on record so I could share with my grandchildren, should I have some, exactly what you said. <laughs> so anyway, that was a little bit of humor there. Joe, I know you you got something to say to that whole line of conversation because you have two youngsters yourself. You know, you and Leanne are having to make decisions about what you expose them to. And Camden just said, you are yourself until you get on the internet. Like, wow. Yeah, so that... I, I wrote that down. That was definitely. Um, I'm still processing it. That was spot on. Um, and especially like I know I like I don't have it in me to say like I'm not going to get on social media because I have FOMO. Right. I want to see what's going on out there. And sometimes, yeah, I do want to see. I don't want to see people struggling, but and that especially like close friends or anything, but like, you know, bigger picture people like having a bad day, it makes you feel normal, you know, like, oh yeah, you can have a bad situation. Right. And like, this is how they're going to recover from it. Um, but the kids thing, man. Yeah. And like, it terrifies me. And this is coming from someone who's had, you know, every iPhone since inception of iPhones. Like I, I love technology. But I'll tell you, was it last week or two weeks ago when Apple uh, introduced that new AR and VR combined headset? I was like, oh, God, that's that's scary. Like, I'm freaked out because the brain chip's coming, right? Something like that is coming. And it's hard to, like, even on, like, the kids, like, they're watching Netflix right now, right? Like, the kids' profile on Netflix, like, even if you adjust the settings and you don't want them to see this, every now and then you walk by and you're like, that's a that's a kid show like huh, all right yeah. but you know you can't um protect them 24 7 you have to let them learn uh from their mistakes and and my mistakes as a father and and teach them you know the right way and try to pave give them the tools uh to pave that path i think i don't know if it was kelly we talked about that like the paving of a path right we as a, adults and humans pave our path and it's on us, but we definitely want, you know, people to help provide us with the concrete and the water and a shovel and a wheelbarrow and all those things. But in the end, it's on us to pave it and which way it goes and if it goes up or if it goes down, or if it's flat. Um, but yeah, the brain chip, it's it's coming for sure. Yeah. What, what do you think, Camden, uh, are some of the things that maybe have shaped you uh, into becoming who you are today? I mean, you sit here confidently and poised and well-spoken and, and with perspective that's that's deeper than surface. Uh, what do you think has contributed to getting to you to where you are now? Um, I'd say the biggest thing is people I've surrounded myself with. I think that I'm pretty good at surrounding myself with people who are good for me. And if I'm surrounding myself with someone who isn't good for me, I don't absorb it. I don't take the bad in, uh, but yeah, the people I surrounded myself with for sure. And then also, um, just like my own perspective, I think that my brain works differently than like other people's, uh, because everyone's does, but I feel like I, I don't necessarily chase to be someone else. Like, obviously, like I said earlier, like once you go on the internet, you're not yourself anymore, but I feel like on the whole class of that um, in person, like I don't necessarily try being someone else whenever I see someone else or I, I just stay, I stay to what I believe in. I stay to my, stay true to myself. 
Yeah, dude, that's big. And that's great advice to really every human, you know, the, the battle to stay true to who you are and, and to stay true to who you are, it can change over time as life experiences and new things are mixed in as Joe used the analogy of concrete and water to pave the path, to make the path wider. But at its core, you are, you are, who you are, you have the value. How would you describe Camden? Hmm. It's a hard one. I I don't know if I can describe Camden. I don't. What about like your values? Um. I I value um. I value friendship. I value growth. Uh, I value growth within friendships. Um. I value family, of course. I think everyone should. Um, but they're very. They're, my values aren't necessarily like very big. Like they're not like stuff that like I'm jamming into everything. I just they just happen. So yeah. it's almost as if I can't, I can't even like tell you them because they just naturally happen. They naturally occur. I mean, again, if someone asked me 20 years ago what my values are, like, I would probably think of, like, the value meal at Wendy's. Like, I I just, I was not in that type of space um, at, at 17, 18 years old. Um, I get maybe at 18, you know, um, I would say honor, courage, and commitment because it was being yelled at me for 13 straight weeks. Saying f- family, growth, friendship, like, and I bet if you ask yourself that question in a year, like write that down somewhere, send yourself an email and say, hey, next June, like, what are your values? I would assume you have a little bit more to add uh, than yeah. what you did today. And that's I mean, that's that's life, right? That's the like growing. Like You don't you don't know what you want to be when you grow up because you're always growing. Um, so I don't know, maybe maybe do that. I'd be curious to see what it is in a year. For yeah. all of us, you know, every everyone, you, me, your dad, anyone listening right now, come back in the year and ask yourself what your values are and how they differ from today and why. And, and if at their core, the foundation remains intact, what I feel like you've laid out for us, Camden, is this foundation of growth and family and friendship. So I think it's pretty awesome for you to have a foundation that is rooted in frankly connection and engagement is what you articulated and that's uh i don't think joe or i would have said those things in 1993 or 2003 so thanks for sharing that what concerns you about the next steps in your life or the next year right you know you got whatever a month or so till boot camp um do you have any concerns about that period or boot camp a school etc to be completely honest, um, the unknown is always scary for everyone, but th- there's really nothing. I'm looking forward to it so much that I, the unknown even is is fun. I can't wait to learn what I don't know. So I wouldn't say I'm really scared of anything. Obviously, like it's a big step, and I don't want to mess anything up. So that might be one one thing I'm like pretty scared of something happening before or during that cuts it off but other than that 
there's there's really nothing being sworn in by your father must have been pretty damn cool yeah. uh how how was that experience that was I, I i was so glad that was able to happen and i wasn't sure if i wanted it to happen at first so i'm glad i i switched and decided that he would i don't think there was a better person to do it i'm so glad i picked him to do it Brewster, i want to know now from your perspective what was that like you know 24 year service member swearing in you know your only boy into a branch of the armed services that you support but that's not yours i mean if you look for those who are watching too right you look in the background of uh, rooster and i can see at least three four five marine corps things so like you swore your son into the military which some parents these days would would not even encourage and into a different branch what's going on in your mind yeah well i mean first of all i'm glad i sought a commissioned and received a commission because only a commissioned officer can administer the oath of enlistment. And so to be in a spot in life where I had that honor and then to fast forward the clock so many years after becoming an officer to be asked and and given the honor of of administering this oath yet again, but in this case to someone who is your blood, like you cannot describe the honor. I mean, it's beyond honor. Like to say an honor is almost like an understatement. Like I have given that oath to you, Joe, I, I've re-enlisted you. I've re-enlisted many, many a person, but two things. I've never given the oath as an initial enlistment to anybody. I've always done it as re-enlistment. And I've obviously never given the oath, administered the oath to, to, my, to my own relative, my family, in this case, my son. So I would go so far as to share with you that like, I don't think there's, I cannot think off the top of my head right this minute, a higher honor from my military career. That's a huge statement, but like, I, I challenge you to find something that compares to that. The passing of a torch from, from my journey to my son to go forth and do, and it's that whole idea of like, when we retire, they say, we've got the watch. Like it really resonates now. Like <laughs> He's got the watch. That's huge, man. And and the Coast Guard, Joe. Yeah, he had many choices, but he picked the one that that helps people. Like me and you picked the me and you picked the one that kills people. <laughs> you know, and 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 he picked the one that helps people. And that's what you want in your life. You want to have people that you surround yourself with and children that um that aspire to do good things for other people and knowing that um Lori and i have set the conditions and that he has become the man that he is that aims at helping people to the point where he's decided to give of his freedoms to go and to serve and to protect and to defend i, I the coast guard is the perfect choice in fact it's the best choice i wouldn't want to see him in any other branches so that's a long answer and i appreciate y'all letting me dance there mm -hmm. um but I'm just overjoyed. My, Laura and I are so proud. So proud. Yeah, as you sh both should be, right? And, you know, it's awesome that, you know, Terry and Vicky got to be there to to partake as well. And it's funny, not funny, right? But, like, I didn't do – I was 50% of Camden's uh, journey to the military at that, at that as a, a child, young adult, right? 
and I'd say that is going, well, I had two influential figures, my dad and my grandfather, and they were both Marines. Well, that, that, I mean, that, that's easy, right? I didn't take the second minutes, hours, days, weeks, year, as Camden said, to explore another option based on something he liked. And then that being the water and boats and everything. I just, I took the easy path, you know, plus I was probably scared that if I went somewhere else, Bill was going to kick me in the teeth if he could get his leg up that high, right? So I was just like, I'm just going to do this. And zero regrets. It's it's awesome. Um, and, and the passing of the watch is kind of neat too, um, because I remember when my dad uh, gave me his boot campering years ago, it was like, well, that's cool. You know what I mean? Like, thank, thank you for that. But I concur. I mean, I, I have right here, you know, master's professional studies in homeland security. Like, I'm all about the Coast Guard. Um, a couple weeks ago, my friend Andy was down uh, and I was telling him about Camden and everything. And he worked uh, for five years uh, Coast Guard headquarters in D.C. Uh, so, like, we, him and I, you, the four of us, all think the Coast Guard's great. And I tell Owen all the time, hey, you're going to go to the Coast Guard. So, Camden, you got a uh, 13 years to get commissioned so then you can uh <laughs> administer owen's uh oath of enlistment that's a good that's a great point and uh we're talking a lot here i want to give camden a chance to kind of react to what he just heard and at the same time maybe tie in what's your plans man like is this a career is this a six years you're going for six years at least uh you what's your mindset so that was a lot man so what do you want to say to all that <laughs> yeah so i definitely want to make it a career um because I, one thing I am stuck on right now is if I didn't make it a career, what would I do after? Because, there, I mean, there is plenty of options, but I don't know if it's anything that I'm as intrigued in as the job that I'm going to do. Um, so I want to make it a career, 20 plus, maybe hit 30, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, I'd say I definitely make it a career is the plan. In that career, is there any plans for uh further education I, I haven't thought that far yet um if i do become an officer uh i, I assume that's what you're speaking on not necessarily or not necessarily so i mean yeah you, you have your dad and i right both enlisted um i guess enlisted at one point right both got educations your dad got commissioned i just continued my education but stayed enlisted so i mean okay you can Get educated for yourself uh, and to, to better yourself and to better your um, Coast Guardsmen. And then you can get uh, an education to better yourself, better Coast Guardsmen, and seek that commission. Um, so I guess, do you just foresee yourself doing college in any capacity at any point ever? I'm not sure. Maybe. But I'm at the point in my life right now where I'm going do what I'm doing so that I don't go to college. So it's, yeah, it's kind of yeah. hard to say. No, it's not. Cause I mean, I, I ran away from a job at the Navy exchange uh, to the Marine Corps um, because I, I hated my job and I just, I didn't even apply to college. It like, wasn't a thing. So I was like, well, I don't like my job. I'm not going to school. I guess I am going to join the military. And that was, uh, what was that, summer of 2003, so damn near 20 years ago um, to the day, probably. Um, and then it was until, like, summer of 2008 that I even 
signed up for uh, a class. So, I mean, it took me five years. Um, so, I mean, and there's, there's no rush at all. I was just curious. Uh, you have to, that's one of the things that I tell, you know, my junior Marines all the time. Education is important, but what's more important is doing it when you are ready. Don't do it because yeah. friends, family, the Corps, the Coast Guard says you have to get educated because if you're not ready for it, it's going to, it's going to have a reverse effect. So you have to do it when you're ready. Bam, Joe, that's some, we're going to, we're going to quote that out, bro, because that's solid advice to everyone, not just a, a, a Marine in the reserves or a 17 year old Camden. Like I, I can, I, I connected with that. I didn't go to college either out of high school. I went straight to the Marine Corps. And like you, it was four, five, six yet years later before I started to go into college classes. But when I went, I knocked a damn ball out of the park because I was ready. I wanted to be there. And I think that's wonderful way to, to serve that up. That's good. Um, Camden, what else is on your mind, man? Is, uh, is this podcast conversation been what you would expect it? Yeah, this is – I think that we – touched all the points that i wanted to talk about i don't know if i have anything else <laughs> well this it is like Forrest gump he's like that's all i have to say about that <laughs> <laughs> joe and i do this podcast because it's uh it's cool to hear other people's stories and to and to share other people's stories but honestly we also do it for a little bit of our own therapy it's just way cheaper than uh some of the therapies that are out there so how do you feel after uh chatting through these things you feel a little little lighter yeah. a little better um i'd say that that the conversations we had today i i have more often than some people me and my friends we uh we come together and we talk about these things a lot to catch each other up and whatnot um and i feel that every time it it does it lets even if it's not something stressing you out or something that you're looking forward to or whatever just saying something can always let you think it through more it takes weight off your shoulders it it can do so much for you so yeah i definitely again like it always happens i feel i feel better after talking that's awesome man that's solid that's good stuff um but you've done some other things in your day like hockey and fishing and are you gonna continue to to one day potentially get on the ice and, and maybe get in the net or maybe any any hockey or fit what's fishing in your future I don't know if I can can speak on hockey because if that happens, it would have to be a something would have to happen for that. But fishing, I will definitely continue. Um, I'll be in the Coast Guard, so I'll stay and stay by the water. Uh, we're gonna go up to Louisiana pretty soon here, and I'll definitely get some done there. Um, but yeah, fishing, fishing is a I think a bigger passion and hobby for me than I look at it as. I also skateboard; that's a hobby. But I don't think I'll continue that. I don't want to break a leg or something as I uh, go on through my military mm -hmm. career. Well, as Joe might say, here in about 30 days, you'll have free medical again. So <laughs> Joe's big on free medical. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, this has been fun, man. Joe, anything uh, on your mind as we as we roll into the outro here and uh, give Camden a, a final word here in just a minute to see what he wants to leave people with? Uh, not really. I'm a little uh, surprised you said, uh, I don't want to say hang up, uh, but, you know, put skateboarding on on the side because I like I pictured you being on a, I don't know, a cutter or whatever types of shit they are. And like 
you got your your bag and you're getting ready to board and you got like a fishing pole in one hand and your skateboard in the other like you know doing ollies on the deck like when you guys are just floating like uh so i don't know man I mean, I, yeah definitely maybe. don't hurt yourself but you never know yeah just cruise around a little bit and this i mean the same goes for hockey if that's something you're still interested i mean look at uh remember justin keeling like i mean he played shay who you know uh i think virginia beach still plays hockey so i mean it's still something you can do recreational to to stay active and stay close to uh something that you did for God, long yeah, time. Yeah, it's it's been a while since I've even been on the ice, so it would have to be a slow adjustment to get back into that. Oh yeah. Never know. Maybe you might stuff. get stationed in like Sitka. You can like ice skate to work. <laughs> Well, this has been fun, man. Camden, we appreciate you taking some time out of your honestly busy schedule of socializing and reflecting and partying with your friend group. Um, I know you got a big party scheduled for this weekend. We're going to entertain everybody one last big hoorah. Um, and, and I enjoyed uh, having some time to, to talk through some things with you. Thank you again for joining us. I, we always like everyone who joins us to have the last word. What do you want to leave everybody with, man? It's a lot of pressure. To everyone moving on to a new chapter in their life, uh, don't be afraid to to get into it. Just let it let it let it guide you. Don't don't try to take the wheel because everything will be okay. That's all I got. That's all I've got. <laughs> well, I'm getting cool. blown up. I'm my phone's blowing up. Oh, your phone's blowing you up. You gotta yeah, go. you took too much time. Wow, that's awesome. All right, dude. Thank you, you for ready? having me. Yeah, bro. Hit leave when you're <laughs> Bye, ready. Bye, Joe. Five, four, three, two, one. He gone. Uh, you know what? I, I got, got enough. Time. He's in charge. <laughs> we're done. This was good. Yeah, we're done here. <laughs> uh, the structure of this building has reached its capacity. Find your people, and if they make you feel sexy, even better. So I try to get through this thing without emotion, right? Yeah. All right, raise your hand and repeat after me. Yes, I state your full name. I, Camden Rossiter. Do solemnly swear. Do solemnly swear. To support and defend. To support and defend. The Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States. Against all enemies. Against all enemies. Foreign and domestic. Foreign and domestic. That I will bear true faith. That I will bear true faith. And allegiance to the same. And allegiance to the same. And that I will obey. And that I will obey the orders, the orders of the President of the United States, of the President of the United States, and those officers appointed over me, and those officers appointed over according me, to regulations, according to regulations, and the uniform code, and the uniform code of military justice, of military justice. So help me God. So help me God. Uh, thank you guys all for coming. Of course, you guys are a huge uh, part of the journey that's got me here. So I thank all you guys. Oh, I love you. Congratulations, baby. Congratulations. Mm, so proud of you.